name of the book is Blessing Your Spirit. Since nobody else will bless your spirit, you can bless your own spirit. Amen. It's by uh, Sylvia Gunter and Arthur Burke with a K, not T. It's not Arthur Burke. But this book is really good. Uh, it's really what Chris was talking about, sitting at the Father's table um, and really um, receiving that. It's sort of a, it's a devotional book, and I think everybody should do it, like Day 5, Sonship. Okay? It really is a bless. You speak a blessing over yourself, what the Scripture says about being a son. Uh, joy of the Lord. I mean, this is just every day. And then, the, then the last part of the book is it goes through the names of God, uh, and it's like a daily thing. But if you'll do it, here's what'll happen to you: if you'll do it, you will sow something down into your spirit that will come back up out of, in your life and be revealed up into your soul realm, into your mind. And uh, so I've done. It, I've went through it a couple of times. I really love the book. I mean, it's really helped me a whole bunch, just in my whole walk with the Lord of coming into being a son and knowing. God as Father, and I think that's such a key thing for for people. And most, a lot of people think they do know that, but the truth is they don't. So I hope you're not one of those people this morning. Uh, we're, it's a journey to know them. Hey, I passed out some business cards this morning. Everybody get one. Uh, the reason I did this is I have recently got demoted at the church. Okay, uh, several years ago I read a book called uh, The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. It's by Paul Youngie Cho, who has the largest church in the world over in Korea. And, and I read the book, and I thought, man, there should never be anything called a senior pastor in the world. The Holy Spirit should be the senior pastor. Yeah, and I then forgot about it. <laughs> so recently, I thought, whoa. So I got a new title called Lead Pastor. Everybody say Lead Pastor. Yeah. Andy Squires helped me remember that when he kept talking about being a senior citizen. <laughs> But uh, so the, the great thing about this for me, though, since it is a demotion, is, you know, in the Bible in the Old Testament, when something really was hard, they would send them to Moses. So now if you've got something really hard, you can go to the Lord. You know, you, you know you, I might talk to you a minute about it, but I would probably tell you, yeah, you need to go talk to the Lord about that. I can't help you. So I'm, I've, done, I've, I've stepped down in my, uh, in my responsibilities in this church, okay? So anyway, is everybody good? All right, here's a couple of things we're going to pray for. You know, this week in the United States, there was a major miracle that happened, right? It's called the Miracle on the Hudson. And I believe, you know, the Lord is, is, has an invitation to the church for miracles. That's what it was. It's an invitation for the church to step into the supernatural and begin to function in miracles. And uh, after I saw that, I was up here just sort of floundering around a little bit, actually. And the Lord gave me a word. He said, I want to do miracles. That's what he said to me. And I went home, and there sat on my coffee table, you know, the Sharp Observer. I guess you all saw that, that big picture. I thought, wow, that is what the Lord wants to do. And then Becky told me the Lord had spoken to her, been speaking to her for a couple of week about, weeks about miracles. So today, after the service, any person in here who needs a miracle, okay, I don't care what kind of miracle it is, okay, any kind of miracle. If you need a miracle, God is in the miracle business, and I believe we're going we're gonna to pray and see God do miracles in your life. The other thing is, is uh, in the Bible it talks about Jesus when he was in the garden. He, this is what he said. He said, I am so distressed that I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to die. I'm, my soul is distressed unto death is what he said, if you want to use the official language. That's when he sweated drops of blood. And I believe a lot of people are under a lot of stress and pressure. In fact, it's been proven 
that people die from stress. Stress kills people. High blood, you know, high blood pressure, heart disease, all those things are fruits of stress in people's lives in many times, many cases. Uh, and I believe the Lord wants to set. He's given us a way to get rid of stress. You know, just like the Bible says, by His stripes we are healed. By the blood that Jesus sweated in that garden when He literally thought He was He was close to death from the pressure that was on Him. We can go to him and say, Lord, you, because he carried the stress of the whole world, the sorrow of the whole world, the pain of the whole world at that moment, he was carrying it. That's why he sweated blood. It, it was so intense. And because he's carried that for us, we don't have to carry it. We can really give that to him, and he will carry all those things, all the stress, all the worries, all the sorrows that we, are, we have in this life, we can literally give them to the Lord and He will carry them for us and set us free to walk in freedom. Amen? Yeah. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah. I was saying about this. Is anybody in here happy this morning? Raise your hand. Yeah. Good. Anybody who's not happy, raise your hand. I'm serious. Raise your hand if you're not happy. Wow, this is great. Oh, you did raise your hand. Well, i got good news for you. There's a, a young man... Uh, t- uh, Twenty-something years ago, wrote a song. Uh, he's written a lot of songs since then. His name's John Mark McMillan, but his first song he ever wrote was this. You ask me why I'm happy, I'm going to tell you why. Praise God, my sins are gone. And anytime we feel like we're unhappy in life, we can go back to the basic thing. Praise God. God has washed away my sins. Now, if you were a big, were a big sinner like I was, you'd be really happy about that. Because <laughs> I was a bad sinner at one time. Amen? So I want to just encourage you to, that's a way to get happy, is to know, praise God. Because the Bible says, he who's forgiven much is thankful much. We've got a lot to be thankful for, ladies and gentlemen, because we have been forgiven much. Amen? Ooh, that was good, wasn't it? Oh, praise the Lord. How did you like the heavenly atmosphere word that Becky gave you? That's good, wasn't it? That's what God's trying to do right now. But... Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. But first I want to read Luke one seventeen. Yeah. This is what it says. Man, I love that testimony by that good dude from Corn. Did you hear what he said? The father. Here's a guy who was just as vile as you could possibly get. And in one moment, he got something that the majority of Christianity doesn't have. He got a revelation of the father's love. In a moment's time, he got it, and he completely changed his whole life. That's why he gave up everything he gave up. is because at that moment, he knew the Father. Isn't that powerful? And that's what God, that's what's going to set people free in the world, is the Father's love. And it says, It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. I believe the Lord's released that again into the earth, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And that's really what we saw in that video, in the corn video, whatever the dude's name was. It's a pretty rough-looking character, isn't he? <laughs> Got more tattoos than Todd Bentley, man. He makes Todd Bentley look like a lean, clean guy. I actually like some of those tattoos he had. You know, the ones I decided was I like. I know some people don't like that. My wife don't like it. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't born in this age. I'm glad I wasn't a teenager now, because I, be, I would look like that guy, literally. And I, honestly, I mean, because when I was back in my day, the only people who had war, uh, tattoos were World War II vets. It wasn't a fad thing back then. But I love, I mean, when I started seeing tattoos, I thought, man, I loved it. I would love to do that. Becky said, no, you wouldn't either. <laughs> so that kind of settled that issue. I never thought about it again. 
I just enjoy them on other people. So I thought the guy, even though it looked sort of strange, but I like the way he looked. Really, I thought, really, that's the real me right there. That's who I want. I got hair. I got stuff hanging out of my hair. Anyways, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. That's what he said. He loved his little girl. And, uh, but the way that happens is by receiving the father's heart. And that's what God's releasing in the earth today. He's, rece- he's releasing the heart of the father to the world. And the church is the place that's going to release it if the church will receive it. I mean, if we'll really receive it, we'll have it to give. And I just, that's why I love all that stuff about the Father. Uh, when, when I hear stuff like that, it just makes me like, yeah, this is the right thing, man. It can turn a hardened, hardcore sinner uh, you know, to the Lord and to his family, to his kid. And the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. And that's good, isn't it? That'd be a good thing to happen. So uh, as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. See, that's what the Lord's trying to do right now, I believe, is he is in the process of beautifying the bride of Christ, making the church a beautiful bride, preparing the church for, for the days we live in, because we are surely living in the end days. And <clears throat> I started talking to you about the messages given to the church in the book of Revelation uh, these messages to the seven churches really were, were to equip the churches uh, and, and to reveal to the churches the end-time issues that, that we're going to face as human beings. Uh, and, and that's such a key thing for us. We have to pay attention that we are, we are in an, a, another accelerated season of end times and, and things are accelerating and things are going to go quicker. And so the Lord gave us information in the Bible that will explains things we're going to face and things we're going to have to overcome to, to basically beautify us and equip us to live in a world that's going bad and real bad. And the first one was just what I talked about, is, is the love. It's the love of the Father, the, that, that we would be rooted and grounded in love. We can never say it enough. It can never be said enough that love is the most important thing that God wants to dress the church in. And as we are rooted and grounded in that, when we leave our first love, it's like a plant getting out of the pot that it was put in. It's going to die real quick. You know, but God has, has declared that we are to be rooted and grounded in the love of the Father, to know that love. That will change your life. That's what's wrong with many people, is they haven't come into that. But God is, is working in people's lives to do that. You know, the devil, it says the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. A lot of people don't realize what Peter was trying to, the big thing that Peter was trying to say is the devil has convinced the church that he's God. Okay? Because there's only one true line. That's the line of the Lord Jesus Christ, the line of the tribe of Judah. And he's a very good and gracious and loving God. And the devil's not, though. So he goes about trying to confuse us about God and about who God is and about the love of God and how the gratitude of God and how God thinks we're precious and, and wants to hold us like we want to hold our little babies and, and kiss on us and love on us. But the devil has people convinced otherwise. But God's doing a work now. Uh, that He's going to show the, the, the church that God is good. Can you, and when the church gets that revelation, that's the change that's going to happen. Uh, the next thing came from the church of Smyrna. Uh, I'm going to summarize it by reading Matthew 5:11. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. In the end times, people are going to rise up against Jesus Christ in a major way because people do not want absolutes. 
And he's going to come back as an absolute ruler. And everybody is going to have to bow to his, what, the way he says it is. And the world doesn't want to bow. Because, and so they're going to hate him. And they're going to hate us on the count of him. And when we really get to be really true, a radical church, we're going to get some hate. We're going to get some insult. And the key is, that is meant to shut you down and back you off. Don't go backing off just because people oppose you about the love of God, about, the, about Jesus Christ being the, the great king that's going to come back and rule this earth. On this earth, he's going to be a ruler walking around, you know, on the earth. I mean, do y'all believe that? Yeah. I mean, he's going, that's what the Bible teaches. And this is the time he's preparing the bride to get ready to receive the king on the earth. And that's what this is all about. And um, <clears throat> I love Revelations now. The next church is Perg... How do you say that, Matthew? You say Pergamon. I can't say words. <laughs> I have a hard time talking half the time. Revelations 2, verse 14 and 15. I'm going to talk about Pergamon. This is a good thing. But I have a few things against you. How would you like the Lord to say, come up to you? Hey, how are you doing? I love you so much. But you know what? i got a couple of things against you. That would be a hard day, wouldn't it? But he does that. He's doing this to a church, to his beloved people. i got something against you. Because you have some there, there are some who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to, to idols, and to commit acts of immorality. So you also have some who, in the same way, in the same way, note that, hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Y'all remember who Balaam was? He was the, the guy, he was a prophet of God in the Old Testament, I think Numbers 20 or something like that, who, he's the one that the donkey had to fuss at. Remember that? That's how bad he was. The donkey had to talk to the dude. Uh, you, did y'all know that animals can actually talk in the spiritual world? Yeah, they can. People don't believe that, but they do. It's obviously from the Bible. The devil came as a serpent talking. The woman thought, yeah, you know, there's no big deal about some that snake talking. I mean, it, when, if a snake came up to you talking, would you talk to it? You'd take off running. <laughs> If my dog started talking to me, I would bail out of the house as quick as I could. <laughs> right? But originally, in the garden of heaven, in the garden of God, animals could talk. That's what that indicates. And people who've gone into heaven have seen it and seen animals talk to it. And I know this lady went up and talked to her, her an animal. I'm not, I won't go too far because it'll mess y'all all up. <laughs> but this is what the Bible, I really believe the Bible teaches that. Anyways... Uh, Balaam, Balak was a king, and as Israel was coming towards the promised land, Balak was, a, was afraid of him, so he went and hired Balaam. He knew, I'll get Balaam to curse them. And, and if I can curse them, they're going to be messed up. So Balaam went out, and he paid him, because Balaam was obviously a prophet with issues. Right? We know prophets with issues, right? So he paid him some money, and he went to curse them. But every time he opened his mouth, he'd speak a blessing over them. And it was just lovely if you read it, the blessings coming out of this guy who's got some messed up things in his life. Well, finally, uh, ba uh, Balaam told Balaam the secret. This is, hey, I can't curse these people, but I can tell you how to, to get them to bring a curse on themselves. Get them to go hang around these people, these other nations, and celebrate their feasts with them. And what they'll do is they'll fornicate, and God will, and God will judge them for it. So that's what happened to them is they went and they started partying with them, had a big party. Come on, let's party. It's, nothing's wrong with partying. So they partied with them, and they wound up committing immorality, and God killed 20-something thousand of them. I mean, killed them. Back in those days, God killed people over stuff. 
They would probably not, probably none of us would be here today if God still killed people, right? I know I wouldn't. He'd have killed me a long time ago. That's why we're not God, right? I'll say, I would kill that guy if I was you, Lord. <laughs> well, you ain't me. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's really what these, the teachings of Balaam, and the Balaamites and the Nicolaitans, it, this was the teaching, that you take the liberty of Christ, and because you're free in Christ, you're free to sin, and God won't judge it. And Jesus said, I hate that. I hate that. Okay, because the main sin in both of them was immorality, sexual immorality. Okay, can y'all handle talking about sexual immorality right now for a minute? Because we need to learn how to talk about sexual immorality. Because if you study the Scripture in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, one of the, when it lists sins, almost every list of sins at the very top of the sins is immorality. Okay? And we're living in an immoral world, in a world that's really getting bad immorally. Okay? It's the, we're living in a perverted world. And so what we've got to learn is the Nicolaitans, there's a guy named Nicholas. You find that man. He was tar- started out good. He was, a, he was, he was a, one of the first deacons. Acts 6, Nicholas. Acts chapter 6 was ordained. He was a man full of the Holy Ghost and what about faith. Isn't that what it said about him at one point in his life? Yet he fell. He fell into this teaching. This teaching of, of, of gra- you have grace to sin. And his followers sinned. In fact, Irenaeus, how do you say that, Matthew? You know, Irenaeus, who was a church father, said the Nicolaitans, I'll read it what he says. I got it. I can say it, read it better. Uh, he was in the second century. Irenaeus, a church father, well known, respected throughout the church generation, that the Nicolaitans were without restraint in their indulgence of the flesh, especially with immorality. Okay? Now that spirit rests still today. A spirit that's resting on the world, and we, and, and the church, we have to overcome it personally. On every one of us in this room, you're going to have to overcome immorality. Okay, the church corporately is going to have to overcome immorality, and the world is going to be, it's, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Okay, we can't expect the world to get any better. It's going to get wor- worse and worse and worse. And so, so that's one of the things that the Lord wants us to overcome. Now, this week I had the opportunity to be on a conference call with a man who was a Actually, he said, I was a wizard, okay, for a long time. I mean, he was this guy in major league into the demonic world. I mean, so much he was a wizard. I never talked to a wizard before, but he got saved, <laughs> became a Christian. Now he's a pastor up in Iowa. And I got invited to talk to him on a, on a conference call with about a dozen other people. And he said two years ago he was in Australia debate, at a, a university debating witches. Okay, that's what he was doing. And he said there were 20 Wiccan witches there. They're all females. And he said, these, to, the, to the T, each one of these said, they did not want, the reason they rejected Christianity because the head of Christianity was God the Father who was a male. And they chose to get hooked up with a religion or, or a witchcraft that has a goddess. That particular brand of witchcraft was theirs had a goddess as the head of it. And the reason being, all 20 of them had been sexually molested by their father. Now, you see what the enemy's doing. Now we're not just talking about the lust of the flesh and, and carnal desires here when I'm talking about immorality. I'm talking about something the enemy is doing to destroy lives and to imprint people. Why do we think we have so much homosexuality in the world? Okay, it's because of the imp- sexual imprinting that happens with people. 
A lot of these people were molested as children by other males or other females. And it imprints them and causes them, that's, that becomes their sexual identity. And I'm going to tell you something, it is very difficult. That's one of the main roadways of demonic oppression and strongholds in people's lives. It's, it's, it's through the sexual door. And people who have had, who've been molested as children, they are difficult to get free. You just can't go in and, okay, you should be free because you're a new creation. It doesn't work on them, I promise you that. It's because they, they have something been put in, and there's a lot of homosexuals that I've known who've gotten saved, have really gone after the Lord for a season, but could not stand. They would give up. It was all, a lot of their katamas is, I just got tired of, tired of trying. I just got tired. I could never get free. And you, so you see how the enemy has taken the God the Father and has warped him and made him look bad. Okay? And that's his whole teaching that why Jesus hated the Nicolaitans and, and, and the Balaamites. It's because of the destructive power of sexual immorality that's being released against the people in the church and the people out there in the world. It's destroying people's lives. Are you okay? Yeah. Let's look at this scripture, uh, Revelation 9.21. <clears throat> this is what's happening in the last days. Okay? These are the four main sins in the last days. Y'all, we don't really talk a lot about sin, but probably we need to, okay? Because we're living in the last day where sin is abounding. In fact, Daniel says, at the last time, sin will be at its fullest peak. It will be ripe in the earth. It will be so intense. And, Daniel, and, and in Revelation, it says they did not repent, repent, number one, of their murders, which is the number one sin of mankind, is murders. Okay, so we're going to see more murders. More, I'm just telling you this. Murders are going to increase in the world. They're not going to decrease. We're going to see more, more murders. And I thought it was interesting. That right after I had that conversation with that guy, I'm looking at this, and, and the next one, sorceries, witchcraft. Witchcraft is on the increase in America. It's on the increase everywhere in the world. And it's not just some weird stuff. There is some, some very powerful things that are going... That guy was explaining some stuff. It was like, my gosh, have I, have I had my head in the sand? I didn't know all this stuff was going on. You know, in terms of witchcraft and sorcery that's being launched out there at this time uh, in history. In fact, I'll tell you this, by the time the Antichrist comes, it, uh, lying signs and wonders will... If you, you and I have to really come into some agreement with God now because we'll see the dead raised through the Antichrist spirit. It's in the Bible. Read it. And so we could, be, we could be easily deceived by these things, okay, uh, with the sorcery that's getting released. This is not low-level stuff. This is powerful stuff. This is very, that's why they call it lying signs and wonders, okay? It's a lie from hell. And, 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 and it says the very elect could be deceived if, if the Lord didn't help us. Then the next one is the immorality. And see, the immorality is becoming more and more demonic right now. Okay? It's becoming worse and worse and worse. That's why, you know, these uh, people who are like serial killers, all of them, they did it a few years ago. Every one of the serial killers all started out through pornography. That's how they got started down this road and became serial killers, is they were looking at pornography. And one thing led to the other, to the other, to the other. Okay? And so they started killing people to get this to gratify something. That's a demon destroying that person, their family, and all the people they killed and all the families. Can you see how diabolical this is? 
And, and this is going to only increase. I'm, that's just the... the, the and then thefts, uh, you know... Um, I was thinking about thefts, like what are the major thefts? You know, you think about bank robbery. The Lord reminded me the, the probably one of the biggest thefts that ever happened in the world was in, in uh, Europe during World War II. When all the Jews were, they lost everything. Everything was taken, stolen, their very lives, you know, not to mention their lives, but all their property, everything, down to when they, when they killed them and cooked them, they stole their gold teeth. You know, and it was legislated by a government, by a nation of people. You know, I mean, that was terrible. But I'll tell you another worse one. Here's a worse one. A little child who an adult, an adult takes their innocence. A little girl, a little boy that's molested or sexually abused. This, that's, one of the worst, that's one of the greatest thefts that will ever happen to anybody. And that's rampant in our country. It's rampant in the world. That when we were in Argentina, uh, you know, I think they said 8 out of 10 males in Argentina have been sexually molested, raped before they're 12 years old or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what they were telling me. That was one of the things we, we'd pray for these boys, these 14, 15-year-old boys, and every one of them is the same thing. My daddy raped me, my uncle raped me, and they told me don't tell nobody or they're going to throw me out of the house. Over and over we prayed for kids like that. They were all warped and messed up. These are boys. These are guys. And this is, this is spreading all over the world. So this is the end times. This is the, and this is why Jesus said, I hate this because it's killing people. It's destroying these children's lives and they grow up to be messed up adults. You can see why he hates it. So we have to really overcome this in our own hearts. You know? And the church has to not allow that. We can't allow immorality in the church because it's destructive. There's power in it. Are y'all all right? I'm just telling you, this, this is why I believe you're, we've seen such an increase in anointing on, on deliverance and inner healing ministry in the church at this time. It's needed. It's going to be more needed, I hate to say. There's going to be more people coming into the doors of the church that have been absolute, that are morally bankrupt people. I mean, I'll tell you this, several years ago, the Lord spoke to me. I was, there was a movie called 13. Y'all remember that movie? I think, you remember it, don't you, Beg? Remember that thing we watched? We watched, I don't ever watch, I was like, I've watched over rent for one time in 10 years, and it was that one day. She was interviewing the, the kid that was starring in this movie. And, and the girl was saying, we did this movie to let parents know what's really happening out there with these young girls. That they're having sex with guys at 11 and 12 and 13 years old. And we want everybody to know this is going on because parents are in a, they got their heads in the ground. And the Lord said, Byron, there is a wave of young women coming your way and they are going to be sexually or morally bankrupt. They're like the modern day women at the well. Are you going to be ready for them? I'm thinking, I thought then I'd be ready for them. This was years ago. I realized, no, I wasn't ready then. I don't think I'm ready today for what was coming our way. They're going to be looking for answers like that Samaritan woman was, where Jesus was able to speak into her life and speak life to her and speak identity to her. And that's really how God wants to use the church. That's why all this stuff about the Father, inner healing, all this stuff is so key for us right now. 
It's not a game. Are y'all all right? All right, let's read about the Thyatira. Thyatira. I don't want to get too heavy here, but... I mean, this is what the Bible says, man. We've got to face this. Uh, but I have this against you. Again, he's got something against something. Now listen to what he says. That you tolerate the woman Jezebel. Everybody say Jezebel. Jezebel got a bad rap a few years ago because everybody was a Jezebel. Like, I got on the elevator one time with these black girls. It was funny. It was hilarious. They were fighting, arguing. Ah, you're not living a Jezebel. I'm pushing this button. I'm getting off right now. I'm, not, I'm scared. These girls might—they might start hitting each other. I got to get off here before they hit me. <clears throat> anyway, she called herself a prophetess, and this and this. She teaches and leads my bond servants astray, so that they may do what? Again, commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. So remember Jezebel in the Bible. Uh, she was married to Ahab. She was a Sidonian. And she, he married her. And she introduced Baal worship, which Baal worship was full of sexual stuff, full of it. And, and introduced that to Israel. And then, of course, you know, Elijah finally had the showdown, and she scared Elijah. He got all wore out and beat up and messed up in his mind, and he got scared of her and ran away. So this is not a low-level spirit here. This is a pretty significant spirit that's still around. And can you imagine a church... A New Testament church, Thyatira, that allowed a person who even had that name and allowed that person to claim themselves to be a prophetess and teach in the church. And all the people, the people who were receiving it were getting into sexual sin. That was sort of the fruit of it. It's pretty bad. Uh, so, but the point, the thing that I want to bring to you, and I'm going to end this here, is here's the key on this one, I think. It's what Becky was talking about. It's learning how to cultivate the spiritual realm that we have. Because these people in Thyatira obviously had zero discernment. They obviously could not tell this is God and this is not God. They just didn't understand the realm of the Spirit at all. Okay? And because they didn't understand the realm of the Spirit, they allowed wickedness to come and actually speak prophetic words to them and teach them. And ultimately it destroyed them. Okay? It caused them to get into sex and stuff like that and bad stuff. Okay? So what we have to do, and what she was saying that I thought was really right, is we've got to learn how to cultivate the spiritual realm that God's given us. Okay? We've got to be people who know the right. And then Victoria uh, Vogels confirmed this to me this morning. I'd always heard it, but I never really heard it from, uh, directly from a teller. But tellers, you know, bank tellers handle money all day. And they say, and this is out of Victoria's mouth, after she was a bank teller for a couple of years, she ran across a counterfeit bill. But she, the minute she ran across it, she didn't look at it. She felt, she felt it and knew it. It was not real just by the feel of it. Because she had handled the real so much. When the fake came, you know it. Okay, and see, that's really where we're at as a church right now. And that's really where we're at in history. I believe, is God is saying to the church, you have got to learn how to cultivate the spiritual realm. You've got to learn how to cultivate it on a personal level. You've got to learn how to cultivate it corporately. Because if you don't, you are going to set yourself up for failure. That's what they did. They set themselves up for failure because they absolutely 
did not give themselves the opportunity to do that. Okay? And God is calling the church into a time, I believe, to learn how to... Because the heavens open. It's, it's, we just have to learn how to access it. We have to learn how to work with the spiritual realm. Because it's not one of these things where it's going to be like, you know, only a few times in the Bible did God come in so hard everybody got blown down. That is not an everyday occurrence in the Bible. It will not be an everyday occurrence in our lives. If we're waiting on that, oh, well, when that happens, I will forget it. You know, you can just be like a herd then instead of somebody who's already understanding what God's doing. But what we have to do is learn how to cultivate it now. Grab hold of it now. Because we are going to need it one day badly. In fact, we, I don't know, I think, in, because like I said earlier, in the end times, the, the Antichrist spirit is going to be so powerful in the sorcery, in the demonic realm, so powerful that they're going to be doing miracles. Oh, here's the church. We're sitting back here. We're happy with our little church world, and they're out there performing miracles. And we can't do it because we never was willing to submit ourselves to what God wants to do with us now. Okay? And I really feel like this whole thing about trying to cultivate and, and giving, your, giving time for God to touch you and soak in and see, all that stuff's so key. That's why in the end of Psalm 27 it says, Be still and know that I'm Lord. That thing is going to be key for us is learning how to be still in the presence of God and discern what He's doing. You know? And I love the fact that a church, that you could find a church, I always thought, what's wrong with a church just coming to have a meeting where everybody just soaks? People don't want to do that. They think that's crazy. But they don't realize they're shaking their spite and they're cutting their nose off to spite their face. This stuff is not playing games. It's not playing spiritual. This stuff is important. This is what God's called us to do in this time because one day we're going to need it. And if we don't need it, I tell you what, this is the way I look at it. If I don't need it, I want Madeline and Emma, who are my grandkids, I want them to understand this stuff too. If the Lord doesn't come back in my lifetime and this stuff don't get that intense, my, my kids, my grandkids will be equipped with that. I'm going to give it to them because I'm going to go after it. Now, here's one of the things I think where we're at right now. I want to tell you this, just to really get you riled up, okay, this morning, if you ain't believing in the spiritual realm stuff. I, you know, sometimes, I don't know, if people who soak sometimes, on, you know, on a regular basis, sometimes it's just wonderful, right? I mean, you're just getting all kinds. And sometimes it's like you can't keep your mind. It's like, mind, shut up. Please shut up. You know, it's like you're doing math problems or something. I don't know. Whatever you're thinking about, you're trying to figure out something, you know. But sometimes it ain't like that. Okay, and man, I had this time yesterday where I really got, I told Big, I ain't never got down that far down deep that, in that thing. And uh, I was just soaking, and, and somehow God let me disengage from my own mind. And I really went way, way, way. And then I found myself, let me tell you, I found, I knew there was something. Uh, I don't really know. It was I was awake, but I was asleep because I could still hear my music playing. I could still consciously hear that, but I felt like I. But it seemed like I was asleep. You know what I'm saying? But I was laying there, and I saw. I, I knew there was this place. I knew it was there. It was a. It was a like a doorway into the spiritual realm, and so I started looking for, it and I found it. But I, it was down low. Okay, so I got down on my knees. Okay, and I crawled into this thing that was like a pipe. Y'all thinking I'm crazy now. I'm not crazy. I'm telling you, I went into that thing. I was in there. It was like a flexible pipe. It was almost, it looked like mosquito net. You know what mosquito net looks like? But it was a live felon. And it was strong enough to support me. It didn't bow down there, but I could push on it up here. So I was crawling in, and I came into this room. I popped out of it. It wasn't real long. It was probably about as long as this row right here. That's about how long it was. 
I wasn't scared. Usually I can't stand small places like that. It was big enough for me to crawl, but it wasn't big enough for me to stand up. So I popped out. It's like I came out into the end of this room, and there was these two people there. And they said, what are you doing here? That's what they said to me. And I said, well, I found the oven, and I went in. That's what I said to them. They said, you can't go any further. You're going to have to wait here. You can't go another We've got to go somewhere. It's like they were saying to me, we've got to go because you got here, and you really weren't supposed to be here. Well, I mean, in other words, we didn't bring you here. You got yourself here. But you can't go no further until we go get permission for you to go further. Okay? So there I was. I was in this room, man. I was just in this room. I was like, mm, I wish I'd hurry up, you know, because I'm thinking, I'm going to figure out how to get the rest of the way, you know? And then my son called me on the phone. Okay? I heard the phone around. I always try to answer my kids' phone calls. So I got up, left the room. But this is what the Lord... I got back and started soaking again this morning. I went right back into that room. I was back there again. This is what the Lord told me. He said, that's what you're going to have to... That's what I want you... That's where you're at right now. You have pressed into some things, but now you've been sort of held up a little bit because there's more. And those people were angels, by the way, that were guarding that room. Taking, you know, I think they were the angels that go get people and bring them in there. But since I got in there, I want you all to hear what I'm saying. We can get in there. We can get into the heavenly realm. We can go in there. And this is right out of the Bible. It's Philippians 3, 12 through 14. It's it's 2 Corinthians 12, 1. That's what's in the Bible. It says we can do this. And the, the church has got to do this. We've got to get into this realm and learn this realm. Of the Spirit. We, there's no, to me, there's no option in it. There's no option just going to church. There's no option just being like, oh, this is the way Christianity's always been. It's just, that's over with. Because the day is going to come when we're going to absolutely need it. Or the day's going to come when our kids need it. Or our grandkids. Or our great. Somebody's going to need it. Somebody's going to, the day is come when somebody's survival depends on being able to be, they're familiar with the realm of the Spirit. And they know how to navigate that world. And they know what's permissible and what's not permissible. I'm going to find out about this permissible thing in that room. I'm going to find out. Mm, they said I couldn't. I had to wait here until they came back. I might just go on and try to find out. And go on and see what happens, you know. Because they they're not going to hurt you. Okay? They're not going to hurt us. We're, we're the sons and daughters. But there's probably going to come a time when uh, there is a place that we ain't going to go unless the Father says yes. They may be some angels up there, big old swords blocking the doorway. Like, you ain't coming in here now. If you don't try to come in here now, we're here to block you. Now, we ain't going to kill you this sword. We might make you think you're dead. <laughs> we might make you think you're hurting. It's our world. But it's not, it's just not for fun and games. It's going to be for the survival of the church. It's going to be the thing that helps us to overcome evil in the last days and be equipped and be a beautiful bride when the Lord comes back for us. Amen? Now, Chuck had a good word, I thought, this morning about, you know, disrespecting this kind of stuff and being mad about this kind of stuff, and I wanted him to share that at the end. And at the end of that, I want people who need a miracle and people who are distressed in their life, you know, pressed down, you know, striving, whatever, 